Welcome to Food Safety University, episode number 44, and today we are wrapping up our food manufacturing leadership series, Who Before How, with a discussion about supply chains just in time and supply chain management. So if you've ever had a supply chain headache, this is the episode for you. Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Fannensteel of Dirigo Food Safety. Tune in to learn about food safety and processing in plain terms. We'll break down the ins and outs of HACCP, the food code, and much, much more so that you can easily implement and manage your own food safety program and even have some fun while doing so. Hello, my friends, and welcome. Welcome to this episode. I am super excited about (laughs) this episode of the podcast because we have been doing so much good work on our series on on food manufacturing leadership and discovering who you are um, before you decide uh, what you are going to do. And um, this final episode in the series, uh, which is wrapping up here in the uh, last week in June, I guess, I'm recording this a little earlier, is um, really is going to bring all of this home, uh, especially on the heels of the coronavirus epidemic and the conversations that people are now having around their supply chains. There was there was an article in the New York Times, um, which I highly recommend if you haven't gone to go read it. And it's entitled, How the World Ran Out of Everything. And we all remember, like we were all there uh, when, we ran, when we ran out of some of the most... Uh, you know, like our commodities, some of the most basic things that we need in our lives. Toilet paper, guys. Remember all that? And I want to talk about results and who before how in supply chains, because there are some stories in local food and meat supplies that are rocking the local food industry. Okay. And more information will be coming out. More will probably have come out by the time this episode is, um, by the time this episode is published, but more than any one specific company that's doing questionable things in local meat. Um, and, and there is definitely more than one. (laughs) Okay. Uh, what I want to, what I want to talk about is, when we talk about supply chains, what those relationships are. Okay. When we talk about results, I always talk about health and wealth and community. And one of the things that I love about local food is that we can create results in health, wealth, and community. Right. And I am thrilled to be able to work with everybody on this because This is meaningful work, right? You know, I keep trying to do other things in my life and I keep coming back to this. And if you come in and you work with me, right? 
the questions that I basically always start with, what do you make, how do you make it, and who are you getting your supplies from? Even if you're getting your supplies from yourself, you still have to answer that question, right? And one of the reasons people are looking towards vertical integration is to improve their supply chains. But the question is to improve what, uh, right? Vertically integrating is a how, it's not a result, uh, right? I mean, I suppose it is in a very big scheme of things, but by and large, it's a how. And so my question for you, if you are looking at health, wealth, and relationships, I want you to ask yourself, what are the results that you have in your supply chain? Okay, and before we even talk about leadership in here, I want you to get down to brass tacks and I want you to ask yourself, what results do you have in your supply chain? Okay, because your ability to execute a just-in-time strategy and drive down inventory costs and, and, and utilize the eight wastes of, you know, or drive down the eight wastes of lean, um, which you can, you know, go listen to. I recorded that podcast with my brother, I think two years ago now. Um, what I want to point out is that you're creating results in your supply chain with how you are operating with your supply chain right now. And I want you, as we, we wrap up this leadership series, I want you to look at what those results actually are, okay? Because you're either getting the supplies that you want, that you are telling your customers that you are getting, or you are not. You are either getting the quality that you want, or you are not. You are either paying the prices that you want, or you are not. And then here's the real kicker. You're either developing the community and relationships in the supply chain that you want to have that brings forth the mission, vision, and values of the company, or you are not. Okay. And that question is a fundamental question in local food. Local food is defined by its supply chain relationships. How are your supply chain relationships? Are they good? Okay. Because when we look at at when we look at all of these these leadership and management theories that uh, are out there, and we look at supply chain management, it's super easy, okay, to look at a just in time management scheme, okay, which means that we only have enough inventory on hand to manufacture exactly what we need for the orders that we have on hand. And that all works really, really well when there are no supply chain disruptions, okay? And up until coronavirus, uh, and so maybe bookended by the Great Recession and coronavirus, um, we really didn't have massive levels of supply chain disruptions. And even during the Great Recession, we did not have massive levels of supply chain disruptions. We had, during coronavirus, wartime level disruptions in the supply chain. Okay. And you either coped with it well or you didn't. <laughs> okay. And you have those results by now. And, and your ability... Uh, to create results and the results that you actually created over the past year or years as you've been running your business are evident by um, what your supply chain actually is and how those relationships are. So how do you measure those relationships? Uh, 
Okay, how do you measure any relationship? Well, relationships, I got to tell you, are not a give and take. Relationships don't exist between any two people. Relationships exist as your thoughts about the person with whom you are having a relationship. That is it. I've been married for 15 years. I got three kids. My mother is here visiting me. My relationship with them is entirely comprised of what I am thinking about them. And so my question for you is, is are you, what kind of thoughts are you thinking about the people with whom you are in relationship with uh, around your supply chain? Are they taking up a lot of rent-free space in, their, in your head? Are you kvetching about them? Are you nickel and diming them and trying to get out as much money as you can um, from them and keep driving down supply chain costs? And regardless of... Um, what might in fact be going on with your supply chain, okay? Because those are all things that when we have significant levels of disruption, you gotta understand. So, and so when we look at who before how, when it comes to supply chains, I want, it, I want you to ask yourself, in a perfect world, what results would you create in your supply chain? And own that conversation. Just own it, right? I mean, I got to tell you, Walmart owns its conversation about its supply chain. And if you supply to Walmart, you are expected to decrease costs of supplying them with whatever widget they're buying from you as the years go on, okay? There is very little room for anything, you know, as prosaic as inflation, um, but their goal on their supply chain that they have published, you know, I don't have any insider information, is that every year it costs them less and less to buy from you, uh, right? Um, and they're able to do that because the sheer volume of purchasing power that they have. They own that, okay? They own that that is their attitude. And my question for you is, is do you want to have that attitude, right? Is, is controlling cost of your supply chain the driving factor? Is when you're creating results, health, wealth, and community, it's that community result, or not that community, that wealth result that you are going after in driving down uh, your supply chain costs so that you can increase or maintain profitability. That's exactly why they do it, right? Or are you on the other end of the spectrum where you are nurturing conversations, you are nurturing your supply chain, and you guys are all in this together. Because I will tell you, you know, I was talking with my brother uh, on Facebook about um, the, the article about how the world ran out of everything. And when you look at the, you know, like even the books that I recommend, the Toyota Way, and um, some of the lean books that I've talked about, Toyota is held up as this plat platonic ideal of supply chain management in manufacturing. But what everybody overlooks is that um, they have a very localized base for their supply chain. Um, and they spend significant time, money, and energy cultivating their relationships with their suppliers. Their suppliers are their partners. They're not their adversaries. They're not somebody that they have like a super transactional relationship with. And all I'm saying is, what does your company want to do about its supply chain? Do you want to have a super transactional relationship? Do you want to have a more tied together relationship where you are 
able to more withstand, you know, the slings and arrows of outrageous economic fortune. Um, okay. Because it comes down to who's owning the inventory and who's paying the cost of the inventory and how are you accounting for that? And are you even having that money conversation? I want you to stick a pin in that because that is what we are talking about this summer. We're going to have a whole entire series on money mindset. Okay. And we are going to talk a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about who's bearing the cost of what. Okay. Because what I have found, the results that you have with your supply chain are by and large based on discomfort with the money conversation around who's going to own the cost of the inventory. Okay. If you have not gotten super clear on who's going to own the cost of the inventory, you need to get clear on that. And your best way of getting clear and creating the results that you want is by deciding who the hell are you, right? Who is your company going to be while you go and do this? Okay. And if we, if we look at the variety of... At the, at, at the variety of, of, of intentions and who that people have talked to me about while I have been doing this series, we are looking at, uh, um, you know, people who are trying to build a sense of community, who are trying to build a responsible, profitable supply chain. Like, you know, I mean, I have a supply chain. I know I run a service business, but I still have a supply chain. And my question is always, what is love, service, and self-respect? do here? What does it do here? Okay. And that is when I'm looking at my suppliers, whether it's the folks who are running my digital marketing, you know, what is love, service, and self-respect do here when I'm having my relationship with them? Uh, okay. When we're recording videos and writing emails and doing, you know, doing pushes to the email list and, and that sort of thing, right? Because if I have, if I come to my relationship with my digital marketer, who is a supplier of a service to me, right? From the place of who I want to be as a person, I know I will get the results that are, that I want that are supposed to happen. You too could could do it that way, right? And then you'll know that, you know, you'll be able to trust yourself that the results that you want are coming, whether they're health results, wealth results, or relationship results. Because most, you know, I, I'm trying to think. I've been in this business for a hot minute now, right? And I am I am trying to think about any company I have ever worked with that really got into the local food business because they really wanted to nickel and dime their suppliers. And I have to tell you, I am not really coming up with anybody, right? And I have, in, in the course of my business, I have talked to a lot of different kinds of manufacturers because there are just not a whole lot of people who have the kinds of conversations we have here at Jericho Food Safety um, in the manufacturing world. And there are people who get into manufacturing and they want to make whatever widget they want to make. And one of their key things is, is that they are going to find the cheapest supplier of the cheapest materials so that they can maximize profit in that way. Right. And that, and, and, you know, I mean, I guess all the more power to them. I can't fathom working like that. Um, I'm not generally a uh, low cost bidder. <laughs> I don't submit low cost bids and I don't generally take low cost bids, <laughs> but it is definitely a way that the economy works. 
But we are seeing the results of that when the just-in-time system collapses. But it is a known, it's a, it's a, as we say in, in preventive controls, it's either known or reasonably foreseeable that there is a base level of economic stability that is required in order for just-in-time to work. And most of y'all know that just-in-time does not work in food. We have harvest seasons, especially in local food. Local food might be designed around creating profitable businesses, doing value-added production on um, things that have harvest seasons, right? I, they're none of my they're none of my my clients who are doing like outdoor grows of strawberries 365 days a year the way my buddy set up in California and Mexico so that my kids can have strawberries in March. <laughs> okay, none of that stuff exists, uh, right? And so. Um, the, the coming to your supply chain from who you want to be will determine your resiliency during supply chain disruptions. Okay. So my question is, is that when, you know, when, when y'all are looking at your access to slaughter capacity, value-added production capacity, and the great wonder is, is why aren't there more co-packers? Why aren't there more slaughterhouses? I will tell you, it comes down to relationships. It isn't the money, okay? I It's never the money. It is the relationships and the ability for people to treat each other in the supply chain like human beings, like people with value to bring to the conversation and to speak from our highest intentions and our highest goods and not fear and loathing and and oh my God, you know, we have to, we have to, and it's almost like fear and loathing and oh my God, we have to be perfect is really kind of a, a lot of how it, it ends up looking um, to this particular consultant who I only look at the supply chains from the outside. I'm not, I'm not in, um, but I do know how people talk about their supply chains. I do know how the supply chains work and how frustrated people get. And I guarantee you they get those results because they are not coming from their highest intention. Does that mean you're never going to get frustrated? Of course not. I come from my highest intention almost all the time. And let me tell you, yours truly was in an epically bad mood this morning, right? And I might have taken it out on my 12-year-old with being, in his words, a jerk. Uh, and he was not wrong. So coming from your highest intention doesn't mean you're never going to screw up. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that you're going to take a pause, okay, when at all humanly possible and ask, what would my intention do here? And if you ask that of your supply chain, you will develop dramatically different relationships with your supply chain. When you develop dramatically different relationships with your supply chain, you will not find yourself on social media being called out, being called out for lousy supply chain practices. And I've seen it in restaurants. I've seen it in local meat manufacturers. I've seen it in smoothie manufacturers. I've seen it everywhere. It happens. Okay. And if you would like to change that conversation, that conversation changes by changing the thoughts you are thinking about the people that you are working with. And this is true of any and all relationships. Okay. And so as we move here into the summer and, you know, more people are eating out and, you know, the projected demands for food are only going up and up and up and up and up. 
right? Which is why we're all in this business. But what if this summer you could take this concept that we that I have taught you over um, over these past several episodes of who are you going to be, right? And what results are you trying to create? And then going to figure out the how. And you decided to develop a great relationship with your money. Okay, so the next couple of podcasts, I've got a great interview coming up next week talking about time, all right, and how you spend your time and is absolutely tied uh, to how much money you're going to make. So you're going to hear about that next week. And then we are doing a whole series over the course of the summer on money mindset. Okay, and it is integrally tied to who you are and what results you are trying to create. So y'all, I don't usually assign homework on the podcast, um, but this is on your own recognizance. You do not have to turn this into me. Um, But what I want you guys to think about is what are your money, what are your money mindsets? And just notice how you're having a conversation with your money. That's too much money. That's not enough money. Look at how much cash you carry around in your wallet. Look at your bank accounts, all of that sort of stuff. Those are all results you've created with your money. And um, when you start looking at that sort of stuff and you come from your highest intention, you can ask, what does love, service, and self-respect say about my bank balance? Um, All right. So that is what is coming up over the course of the summer. I'm very much looking forward to uh, having these conversations. And if you want to check out more, of course, come see us at DeerGoFoodSafety.com. I love you all. Have a week full of awesome. And we'll talk next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Before you go, click the subscribe button and check us out at FoodSafetyUniversity.com, where we have free food safety guides waiting for you. Until next time, keep up the great work.